All right, good morning. Hi, we're getting right into it because this has been annoying as usual. I have my cup of coffee. I'm drinking through a straw that I cut in half to fit in the mug, so that there's your visual. Um, hello, everybody. How are you feeling? How are you living? How are you doing? It's your um, best friend, Jen. And this is Don't Get Offended with Jennifer Hill. <laughs> Let's do another round of applause. Thank you. Episode 22. Finally, you have your episode uploaded. Okay. We're talking about gaslighting today. And this is so much fun. It is so lighthearted. I just want to do something goofy and something really like G-rated and real Disney-esque. So we're going to talk about gaslighting and abusive behavior, guys. Are you ready? Um, I want to preface this with uh, um, that was all a joke that it's not lighthearted. And I want you to know that if you're in a relationship with a gaslighter, probably is an emotional roller coaster and yeah we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna talk about the warning signs and we're gonna talk about how to avoid a gaslighter and we're also going to talk about um how often i say gaslighter and when you should take a shot if i say gaslighting gaslighter or gaslighting behavior take a shot of um, alcohol or whatever you choose to do don't do either or Yesterday, I had, I started <laughs> recording and I was into it, you know, I was into it. I was like 15 minutes in, I was feeling like good. And then I tripped over my wire on my headphones and because the fire, because, because the fire alarm in my room was going off. So I uh, got up to, you know, wave a towel at it as you usually do. <laughs> or broom and I tripped over the headphones and this all my recording stuff fell a little bit and then it wasn't working so thank you for listening to me explain that so now I'm back to start over on gaslighting and I would have gone back to the original recording that I had like I saved it the 15 minutes of it but then I was like Jen you are really talking fast like you're like get it okay bye so, so I wanted to slow it down for you I wanted to slow, slow it down just a little bit I also thought it'd be a good time to start recording while there's people painting this house outside so hopefully you'll hear that too in the middle of this um, program all right let's get right into well you know let's sidetrack let's talk about love is blind okay just for a hot second I'm not I didn't write anything down not like totally prepared but like what the fuck <laughs> first of all love is blind was really entertaining for the most part aside from like some pauses and I was like dude how are they gonna really <clears throat> make this as entertaining as a reality show when they're not really interacting with each other and there's a lot of drinking like everybody's getting shit-faced <clears throat> so that was i'm like could they do love is blind without alcohol like next time season two love is blind sans etoh maybe see how that goes or maybe it's like you guys can only drink for like a little while but then you get your alcoholics so it probably would I don't know. But I mean, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I love him so much. It's like, no, you've had three bottles of Cabernet. Like, I think that that's why you love him. <laughs> like, I went in there. We had such a connection. Their teeth are purple. You're like, did you, though? <laughs> did you really? Or were you just shit faced? Like, and I told him he's going to be the father of my kids. And we were just like, we connected so deep. <clears throat> Excuse, excuse me, sorry, hold on. Uh, we connected so deep, guys. I'm going to go vomit real quick. I'm going to go back and I'll tell you how in love I am. <laughs> That's how it was. But obviously Lauren and Cameron were the best. Um, but I did hate the way like they went and looked at each other's own houses. If you, if um, I should warn you that 
if you didn't see it, I'm spoiling it. So uh, spoiler alert, I guess. But when they go into their own houses and Cameron takes Lauren to his house, it's like, can you get off her dick for five seconds? Like, dude, stop touching her so much. It's really irritating me. It was giving me like secondhand anxiety for her. Like, you don't need to have like a skin contact at all times. Keep your fucking filthy paws off of her for five minutes. <laughs> it's like, does she need you to hold her while she's looking at your bathroom? Do you need to rub her elbow while you're walking up the stairs? Like, give her a fucking break, dude. <laughs> I didn't get it. He's just, they're like standing on the porch and just talking. And he's like, has to like put his hands all over her constantly. It's like, we get it. She's hot. Like, you want to keep touching her. We get it. But fucking calm down. You got hundreds of years ahead of you. That's, I don't know why I said that. You know what I mean? Dozens of years ahead of you. You're going to be married. Also, maybe I fast forwarded to too many pots, but I felt like the pressure was more on Lauren's family to accept Cameron when it was like, mm, I mean, why aren't, we put, why aren't we talking about Cameron's family more? Anyways, but they were cute. Uh, yeah, they were cute, obviously, and they'll probably last. Um, I thought that Miss um, Amba was like... She's cute. She is. She's sweet. She has her own trauma. She lost her dad, but like... You know, like maybe that explains a lot of her behaviors, but the whole like laughing at everything and like being all up in his face too. She was the way Cameron was with Lauren, she was with Barnett, who Barnett was a fucking fuck boy. Like, did anybody not like how were you? In I mean, he ended up being okay, but like right away he was kind of trash. But, anyways, Amber did say he was going to marry her and she was not wrong. So she won that bet. But when the cameras weren't there, one day, like they only showed us like, certain pieces of the conversation they had and they obviously talked for way more hours but I wonder if they were talking she was like when I see you I want to suck your dick so good like maybe she was really like saying a lot of stuff to him and he was like I'm gonna marry her just so he could hook up with her you know you know how those like those Christians do like those Mormons do right oh, does that mean to say sorry but you know those people that get married just so they can hook up because it's against their religion if they don't <sighs> That's what they were doing on Love is Blind with Amber and Barnett. They just wanted to fuck, really. So <laughs> that's why they picked each other. And then I don't even need to say anything about Jessica because it's all been said. It has all been said. You said it. Your friend said it. The, the reunion show, maybe they addressed it. So let Jessica fix her own life. She's she's It looks like she's working on it. And uh, Mark's not innocent. First of all, he's 24. He's young and dumb. Second of all, he, hello, why didn't you walk away from the get-go? Why are you, like, listening to what she's saying? You sound dumb. Like, you're, like she gave you the red flags for, like, all, for a lot when she said that she was going to marry you. And then the next day she says, well, I don't know. Barnett says he likes me. So, <clears throat> you're dumb for that, too. It ain't all, <clears throat> sorry. Is that so hot when I do that? Sorry. Indigestion. But it ain't all on fucking Jessica. Yeah, she was drunk a lot, but... Um, it was pretty obvious she was acting cuckoo and you were staying, so mm, leave. <laughs> mm, just leave. <laughs> You're not innocent. And um, finally, I follow this girl on Instagram who was uh, talking about Diamond and I could not agree with her more because Di like she was doing a hashtag justice for Diamond because really, really, they Diamond got screwed over and fucking... Carlton like dude you're a dick like you're mean you're manipulative you're a gas lighter like this he is a gas lighter and the way he like called her like when they were just sitting in the hotel room and he's like oh you crazy you crazy she's like what like why are you acting weird why are you being like this you feel like shit because you didn't come out and and explain your whole truth before you asked her to marry you so really it's your fault so now you want to make it her fault and you disrespect her and call her a bitch and then throw her diamond ring in the pool like how did she do anything wrong it was you 100 percent. it was you she was open and honest and i felt really bad for diamond so i'm on team diamond and this should be she should be the next bachelorette or some shit because she deserves something good in her life poor diamond He's like, oh, you're crazy. And he's like, and you need to fix your weave. It's like, what What man would say that? What man would say that to a woman that you love and that you want to marry? Nobody. Just the meanness. He was just mean. I have no sympathy for him. And he comes on the show like, I just want to talk about 
you know, he talked about on the reunion show, like he was like some, like he reached some epiphany about being loved and accepting love. And it's like, you were the one that didn't show love to any, like to her. You were the one that was fucked up. And then I, I'm happy for her. She just sat there and chilled. She didn't even get mad. If I were her, I'd have been like, who the fuck are you talking about? You're the psycho. Rude ass motherfucker. But that's just my opinion, guys. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it. That's my opinion. I'm not Team Carlton. I'm very Team. I'm very upset with Carlton. Mean ass. Called her a bitch. Ugh. Mean. Telling her behavior was stereotypical. Why? Because you told her after you got engaged, you said, hey, by the way, I'm bisexual. Which is like, if you're so like, you needed to tell her before because she has the option to be like, I'm not cool with that. That's her choice. It's her like personal choice. And then you waited till after. So then of course she feels like you've been lying to her about other stuff. Like if you lied to her about that, what else did you lie about? You know what I'm saying? <sighs> I got triggered by that, by his behavior, because it just felt like he just like made her look like she was crazy when it was him. She literally didn't do anything crazy. She was like a reasonable person. And I felt so bad because she was talking about how ladybugs represent her dad and she woke up to a ladybug on her pillow and she was so like she's crying so much feeling like maybe she maybe she this is the time where she's gonna get the love she deserves and she's like read it wrong every other time and this is it and her, it's her dad giving her a sign and I'm like oh, it must have been her dad telling her to run the fuck away because Carlton is not the one he's not gonna protect you or love you or, or like fucking be there for you because clearly he's a fucking asshole a selfish asshole who thinks his problems are more than yours and his problems matter more. <laughs> Anywho, okay. Stand by. Let's, let's do a round of applause for that, uh, for that love is blind. Just so I can drink my coffee without being all like... <laughs> so... I want to say that the book I got on Amazon, I got two books, one by a guy named Bob Scott, and it was like 10 pages, like a four-year-old could have drew it and glued it together. So I was like, oh, what a waste of money. And then I got another book called Gaslighting, Recognize Manipulative and Emotional Abusive People and Break Free by Stephanie Moulton Sarkis. She's a psychologist. And then while I was reading this, there's a lot of people who are gaslighters in every part of your life, so yay to that. It's just exhausting. And I was like, I'm going to cut this down to just dating and relationships and red flags because I'm not going to get into fucking gaslighting in politics and gaslighting in the workplace and gaslighting at your fucking gas station. <laughs> I don't have the time for all that shit. <laughs> So I'm going to I'm going to cut it down. And the way the book was kind of organized, it was like gaslighting behavior, relationships, dating and red flags. And I'm like, well, so I've tried to like organize it more into my brain where I would want the red flags first and then the dating and then the relationship. But, you know, so if I'm going back and forth with the pages and you're feeling like, what the fuck are you talking about, Jen? You know, I don't know. Pause. Pause the podcast and then replay it, and then restart it when you feel like you're ready to listen to me rant. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait, Jen. Wait, Jen. Let me stop this. Whoa. Not much space here. I moved the microphone closer to my mouth. <laughs> okay. And here's a little more ASMR of pages. You guys are... Like, what's that you like? You like... Okay. I don't know why I am the way I am sometimes. Who's gonna love me? Who's gonna love me? Instead of you're gonna love me. Who? I'll go on Love Is Blind. I'll be like, listen, motherfucker. And they'll be like, I was in the pod with Jen, <laughs> and she's not on my list. Jen's on no one's list. Why? Okay, so also the book, I, uh, I also like researched journal articles and by research Googled and read one or two. And they both happen to be by Stephanie Sarkis. So she's a gaslighting expert, if you will. So this is all her words, mostly with me um, summarizing. Did you guys hear the painters out? Did you hear that? 
There it is. Oh, fucking hell. I'm going to have to talk over that. All right, let's get through it. Let's get the definition of gaslighting. Bada boom. A bada bang. Thank you. Bye. All right. Gaslighting is a pattern of manipulation tactics used by abusers, narcissists, dictators, cult leaders, dictators and cult leaders to gain control of a person or people. The goal is to make the victim or victims question their own reality and depend on the gaslighter. So that's the ultimate goal. They want you to depend on them. They want you to think that there's no one else that will love you. They want you to think that they only know the answers and no one else does. Okay. So I, when I was reading this, I'm like, well, do gaslighters know that they're doing this? Are they aware? Do they know that these behaviors are, like, not okay? Do they know this? Are they aware of it? And some of them do. Some of them do and some of them don't. So, some of them do. Some of them who do actually research and try and purposely gaslight because that's their goal for you to depend on them. So they know exactly what they're doing and they're really good at it. And then some people don't know what they're doing. They just think that that's the way people communicate and are with each other. That's the way people communicate with each other and interact and have normal relationships because that's the way they were raised. Maybe their parents were gaslighters. So... Yes and no is the ultimate answer there. But also, even if it's a no, they don't know they're doing it. That does not mean you need to endure that behavior. And you are not their therapist. And you are not responsible for addressing this behavior and pointing out that what they're doing is abusive. You can leave instead and live your own life. You owe no one nothing. Sorry, hold on. You don't owe anyone anything. If you owe no one nothing, that means you owe every, everyone everything, right? So my goal here is for you to protect yourself by educating yourself and noticing the signs and symptoms of gaslighting. <laughs> Guys, I'm on caffeine. All right, so gaslighters with authoritarian personalities tend to think in absolutes. They're either 100% right or 100% wrong. I'll tell you now, they're never 100% wrong. An egocentric gaslighter is also a branch of the authoritarian personality, which you can go research on your own because I am not going to do all that. Basically, it's a person who thinks only in their own. Their, everything's in relation to them and how they feel and what they want. Mm, egocentric. So... An egocentric gaslighter will never, ever think they're the problem. It's everybody else. They're never the problem. They're never wrong. It's always you or it's always their boss or it's always the people around them. They don't take any responsibility. For example, if your husband or wife is an egocentric gaslighter or has that egocentric authoritarian personality, they, you'll say to them, we need to go to couples therapy if you are feeling like you have that voice in that relationship, which I don't know, you know, maybe you don't because maybe they're that bad. But if you felt like you say to them, I want to go to therapy and they're either going to absolutely no, they don't believe in therapy or they're going to go with you to therapy and they're going to be like, the therapist is an idiot. What are her degrees in? What are his degrees in? Or they're going to be like, it's all her fault. They're going to get the therapist to try to point the finger at you and if the finger is pointed at them at all, they will not go to therapy anymore and they will, it will reinforce their belief that therapy doesn't work. <sighs> gaslighters are dickheads, okay? And dickhead is not a politically correct term, so we gaslighting is the answer. They're mostly shitheads. They're just mostly mean assholes. They're just like dicks. You know? They're just mean twats twats i was watching um interior design on netflix it's like a reality show like competition and i was like so into it but they, it was british they were all like i'm chuffed mate i'm chuffed and i guess that means i'm excited and then they'd be like i was absolutely gutted when i was on the couch when i was on the sofa with the bottom three i was absolutely gutted so <laughs> i just wanted to share that 
So a gas leader will have you will have you feeling absolutely gutted and not chuffed. Gutted. Okay. Bottom line, dependency is the goal of the gaslighting's behavior. Even if they're not aware. Da 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 da. Da da da. Now I'm going backwards in my book because I write things up and down, left and right, and I want to talk about the uh, signs and symptoms of gaslighters. What you can see and what is definitely, what you can see right in your face and what maybe takes time to notice. But I'm, it's a, they're all bullet points, so I'm going to go dung, 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 and then and then dung, dung, dung. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down each little bullet point and then I might go off on a little side tangent, an example that she has in the book, because um, that's easier. And that's how I've organized it. Okay, so fuck off if you don't like it. Fuck you and your mother. Don't get offended. All right. Apologies are conditional. Sign uno. I don't mean number one, the most important. I'm just saying. It's the number one one I wrote down, okay? There are many, many, many signs, many red flags, but do you think I'm going to go through every single fucking one? No, that takes a lot of time, but I'm going to go through a lot, so you're going to feel like, holy shit, there's more? Yeah, there is. I skipped over some because, God, good God, I'm like, Stephanie, geez, this is convoluted. Maybe, maybe Bob Scott was right with his four-page second-grade book over there that I didn't even bother using, but okay. Their apologies are always conditional. Gaslighters will only apologize if they're trying to get something from you. And you know this behavior. I have friends and family like this. I've dated people like this. They say, I'm really sorry for saying that or for doing something to you and I didn't recognize it. I'm really sorry. Then it's two days later. Can I borrow this much money? Motherfucker. Motherfucker. All right. Sign number two is they use triangulation and splitting. Oh, that S was hard in that. Splitting. And the definition of triangulation is a psychological term for communicating with someone through other people. For example, I really wish Sally would stop calling me to... They ranges from saying to a friend, I really wish Sally would stop calling me. I don't know one Sally in my life. I don't know why they use examples like Sally in books. Who's Sally? If your name is Sally, email me. I don't know Sally. I really wish Sally would stop calling me to please tell Sally to stop calling me now. And they're both manipulative and indirect in a tactic. <laughs> tactic of gaslighting behavior. Also splitting. Gaslighters love to pit people against each other. So follow this simple rule. Unless a person says something to you directly, unless a person says something to you directly, assume that what you are being told about you is not true. Gaslighters, I'm sorry, rewind. Unless a person says something to you directly, assume that what you are told was said about you by that other person is not true. So if someone says, Jen, so-and-so says you're dumb and ugly, I'm going to be like, I'm going to fuck that bitch. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to fuck her up. No. You go, oh, maybe she didn't say that. The painters are at my window now. Side note, I'm looking right at them. The other day I opened my eyes to the painter at my window, but they can't see in because I have the, I have a magic shirt. After triangulation and, and Splitting, gaslighters expect special treatment. Um, ex a gaslighter will expect his partner to be home precisely at a certain time and have dinner on the table when he gets home. If you do not fulfill this obligation, the gaslighter may become irrationally angry and retaliate. Fucking psychopath. <sighs> so true. They like to butter people up to get what they want. I.e., a friend may compliment you or ask about your life or ask about how things are going just so that they can get information to gossip about you. Uh, they mis mistreat people with less power. They use your weaknesses against you. Many times you'll begin a relationship with a gaslighter feeling very safe. So you do what any trusting human being would do and 
You share your intimate thoughts and feelings with the person. This is normal. This is a natural, healthy part of developing a close relationship. However, notice that the gaslighter rarely reveals that much information about him or herself. Meanwhile, the information you share will soon be used against you in fights for psychological ammunition. Yes, Stephanie. Psychological ammunition. Fucking gaslighters, man. Why? We don't like them. They are obsessed with their own accomplishments. Gaslighters put an extreme amount of importance on their own accomplishments. However delusional these accomplishments accomplishments may be and they tend to minimize yours oh you did something fantastic well i did this when i was this my friend robin just finished the um, la marathon congratulations robin and i said to her that's great but i was valedictorian in my nursing school so i win <laughs> that's gaslighting <laughs> that's gaslighting behavior i'm not a gaslighter but we all tend to do things we all tend to have behaviors. doesn't mean we are the embodiment of the definition. You know, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm not a narcissist. That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Hold on. Am I talking really fast? Okay. Um, they associate with people who fawn over them, who think that they are so amazing. And they are. Usually they're charming. They're funny. They get along with a lot of a, a lot of different people. Narcissistic, sociopathic, gaslighting behaviors. Okay. They put you in a double bind. Your partner will want you to lose weight, but also will buy candy and desserts and ask you to eat them. I don't want to ask you to eat them, but encourage you. Uh, they like to place you in emotion. Gaslighters like to place people in emotional dilemmas, and your uncertainty is a sign to them that they have control over you. They like to cause fear in others. They have very bad tempers. The first time you see a gaslighter drop that mask, it can be quite startling. Gaslighters feel like they are owed loyalty by others because they have a fragile ego, and any behavior take is taken personally by gaslighters with disastrous consequences to victims. Mm -mm -mm. Gaslighters at first will try quietly to, to display this anger and keep their facade, facade, uh, facade. <laughs> keep up their facade of perfection. However, they can only keep the fake display for so long. And then the first time you see the gaslighter drop that mask, it can be quite startling. I tell you, when my ex, when I dated my ex in college, when he went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, when he like really went full blown, like, disrespect i was like holy shit i'm in quite a bubble here what's the i'm in quite a dilemma here this is abusive <laughs> uh, that's not funny i'm just trying to lighten it up okay don't get offended and don't get offended that i've used the term psycho because i'm talking about psychopaths sociopaths and gaslighting behavior okay i want to add in and i didn't put this in my list but i'm going through the book now and i they wrote they practice cognitive empathy these words are really hard for me they practice cognitive empathy gaslighters are experts as acting as if they have empathy without actually feeling it da 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 they refuse Oh, here's the one. They wear, they refuse responsibility. That's one right there. I just want to add that in. Um, they think that everybody else is crazy, everybody else is wrong, and they refuse to acknowledge anything wrong with their own behavior. They wear you down over time. Gaslight is bank on the idea that with enough time, they can weaken your spirit. They also expect, expect that if they gradually ramp up their manipulative behavior, you will be the proverbial frog in the frying pan. And so they will increase the heat so slowly that you don't realize you're being psychologically burned alive. In the beginning of your relationship with the gaslighter, things may seem pretty good. In fact, they are too good to be true. They are cooed good to be true. <laughs> the gaslighter will even compliment you from time to time. Then the criticisms creep in the reason for this flip-flop between contempt and praise gaslighters know confusion weakens the psyche with uncertainty comes vulnerability 
Towards the end, you are believing blatant lies that you never would have accepted in the beginning of your relationship. They habitually lie. Another sign and symptom. They are terrible teasers. They are mean-spirited when it comes to teasing. Gaslighter, at first it's small things when the two of you are alone, how your hair looks or your accent, and then it ramps up with them teasing you in front of your friends. When they say that it bothers you, they tell you you're being too sensitive. This is different than just regular teasing or joking around with friends. With gaslighting, it's perpetual teasing. It has a mean quality to it. And most important, your requests for it to stop go unnoticed. Because they are assholes. We all know someone dating an asshole. And you're like, he's a, why are you dating this fucking asshole? Well, he's not always that bad. Mm, he's a bad a lot. He's bad a lot. Another sign and symptom. I'm skipping so many, but they isolate you. They tend to tell you your friends and family are bad influences on you or that you don't seem happy when you're around those people that you actually care about. They also refuse to go to family events with you and they say things like, your family makes me uncomfortable or some vague substanceless excuse. Such a gaslighter is banking the idea, on the idea that instead of having to explain to your family why you are attending holiday events without him, you'll end up spending the occasion with him anyways and not go to your families. They like to tell other people that you're crazy. They like to drive wedges between you and other people in all sorts of clever ways. They'll say things like, tread lightly around that one. Oh, that's a ticking time bomb. Oh, she's a little, you know. They like to do that. Their loyalty, loyalty from you is required, but it is not reciprocated from them. Gaslighters require complete and unrealistic loyalty, but don't expect loyalty from them because they're not going to give it to you. Do, they do whatever they want to you, but God help you if they think you've betrayed them. They will make your life a living hell. They like to kick you when you're down. They especially get excited when they know that someone is suffering because of them. Why? Why, why? Why? Can anybody explain to me why people are like this? Have you ever been in a relationship with someone like this? Or had a friend with someone like this? You're just kind of like, what the fuck? Like, at, at first you're like, what the fuck? And then after you're like, did I say something? Or you know, I don't want to tell that person this thing because I don't know what they're going to say. And, or in, just in your gut, you just don't feel good telling them anything. Happy. Anything that makes you feel joy. Ah, sorry. You just don't feel like they're going to be excited for you or they're going to bring up something that's just like mean. And they tease you meanly. Stand by. So now we're going to get into what uh, the red flags on dating apps, like like warning signs before you're dating, and uh, the how that they go how they go into like what is the word I'm looking for? Oh my goodness, how they find you because some of them are actually looking for you, and that is scary. But I also want to remind you that healthy people, that there are healthy relationships out here. If you've forgotten how healthy be people behave, they encourage expression of opinions. They say what they mean and mean what they say, and they support you even if they don't agree with you. They let you know you're in a direct and kind way if you've hurt them and are capable of emotional intimacy, and they share, there's a mutual sharing of feelings and ideas. They trust others. They exhibit behaviors that are genuine and authentic. Okay. Yay to that. All right. So it looks like a, a gaslighter loves. They like um, online dating because they can pick you out of a crowd. They can pick a victim. Not that it's your fault. Because, you know, as women, as women and men or people, human beings, we all like tend to gravitate towards charming people. And they reel us in. And a lot of us will grow, grow up with unhealthy relationships with our families and unhealthy like examples of what love is so you know it's not your fault if you get thrown into a mix of abusive behavior so they a gaslighter will they like to live in big cities which i was reading i'm like that's weird 
like, do you think they purposely move to big cities? But whether or not they purposely move there, they go. They like to live in big cities or they stay in big cities because there's an anonymity, anom, anonymous, anonymity, anonymity. Ooh, I got it. Anonymity. Bada boom. Oh, why do I say bada boom? Okay. So first off, what makes a gaslighter pick you? So one of the, sorry, one of the online dating profiles, what makes, oh my God, Jen, I'm sorry, rewind. Da, 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 da. Gaslighters will usually have many potential targets. So it's not just you. They're testing the waters and they're going in and out. So your ch this is a sign that they like, he's a gaslighter. So you're going back and forth, then he disappears you trying to find out what's going on. You convince yourself that men are emotional rubber bands. The closer they get, the more they pull back. And just when you're about to give up and say, fuck this dude, he shows up again. And that's a tactic called scarcity. Like the, the more they're away, the more you'll want them. And that's like a, like a real behavior. They're aware of what they're doing. And they know that you're stressing out about it. They want you to stress out about it. They're playing that game. And it doesn't get better when you start dating them. That's how they are. That's what they do. Hello. That's the thing that's fucked up is you think it's just in the dating stage. This is what I think. You know, I'm not sure what you think, but you think, and I'm saying you generalize, that, oh, this is just how it is because we're getting to know each other. But it's like getting to know each other is one thing, finding out who the person is and what they like and what they don't like, how their family is, and their behavior is a whole different ballgame because their actions and what they're doing is showing you who they are. Just because when you're talking and you get to know them, and you like them, they're putting on the charming, you know, face or the charming like comments they'll say to you. And then they disappear for like two weeks. That's a behavior. That's a sign as well. That's a low red fucking flag. That's a fucking dickhead move. Block that motherfucker. So and we're taught to just be like chill about it. You know, they come back and you're like, oh, no big deal. I understand everybody's busy. No, goodbye. Goodbye. Delete and blocked. If you respond by playing it cool. So then they show up again. They, he says to you, hey, sorry, I was just super busy. I don't know, wiping my ass for thir 36 days. And you respond by playing it cool, acting as if nothing happened. You'll usually, quote, pass the test. And the gaslighter will continue to contact you. But if you ask too many questions, such as why were you ignoring my messages, the gaslighter will probably drop you like a hot potato, blame you, and even accuse you of being desperate. And they d this is because the gaslighter sensed from your response that you would be someone likely to hold them accountable for this behavior in the future. And they do not want that shit. Don't ask them questions. He's a grown-ass man. He doesn't need to tell you where he's been for two weeks. Chill out. It's not that serious. These are red flags. I'm wishing I had ice in this coffee because now it's like room temp. <sighs> Sorry. Now it's like room temp, so now it's... All right. So the best, of co the best course of action when encountering someone who quote-unquote ghosts and reappears is to not respond and move on. And that's what I've learned to do in the dating apps. This is why I'm still motherfucking single. And this is what I realized when I'm reading this book, that they like, they like online dating. People with this behavior will purposely use online dating because then they can really like scope around all different kind of people, all different victims. They can be predators. Not saying there aren't decent human beings on dating websites, but the red flags are that. And then the red flags are like, intensity right away like I, I, I want to hang out with you now I want to hang out with you now let's move in together let's be together I love you I hate your family stay with me blah, blah blah you know that's just in a nutshell bad signs and symptoms so this is this is what they look for in your profile bio things like this not every single trait but if you've included multiple of these at once they might think I can fuck this bitch over so if you write things like I've been single for a while. I've been married multiple times. Or if you look like you have money, you say that I, I like to see the best in everyone. You haven't been treated well in the past and just looking for better. You think your ex was a terrible person. You want children right away. You've never felt like you fit in. You like taking risks. You like to call yourself naughty, bad, or wild. 
then you might have painted a bullseye on your forehead. So it says, she wrote, you may be thinking, why would anybody put these things on their profile? But some people do, and this is true. But often, why, what, what about these are wrong? So she gives some examples. It's like, it's not about, off, it's not always about what we say. It's about what we imply. I'm ready to be treated well. Could be read, could be read as I haven't been treated well in the past. And you could treat me like shit too, because I'm used to that. I'm tired of wasting my time. I.e. I'm concerned I won't meet the right person. So I'm going to force you to be the right person so you can treat me however you want. I see the best in everyone. I may accept that you'll lie to me all the time because I'm going to try to believe that you maybe you don't realize what you're doing. And the sad thing is, and I'm bringing this, and I'm, I've said this to my friends too, and I've said this, is that it's all, the onus is always on the woman. I'm not saying women aren't gaslighters as well. I'm just saying my experience and for the sake of this fucking podcast, this is on the men because this is my experience and this is the experience of a lot of girlfriends of mine. So I'm just speaking saying men. But the pro, it's on us to always fix it or to be like, to acknowledge it and avoid it. Like it's like we're fucking being preyed on and we always have to like hide and figure out a way out of it. It's exhausting. So you like always have to fucking read into these symptoms because they're just ones trying to fuck you over this one's trying to fuck you over you got to be careful don't fall for this because then not only are you dumb if you do then it's your own damn fault and etc etc so now if you know the red flags you'll just be like i'm good from the get-go right from the get-go like if you're talking back and forth to someone and then he doesn't answer you for like three or four days a week then bye block him you don't really you didn't really invest that much time into him anyways so so bye and there's literally nothing anybody's doing that much that they can't fucking text you real quick and let you know they're busy. It's just not true. Have you looking like an idiot, Look, checking your messages, looking like a moron, like have they re- responded back? Because the pattern's like back and forth, back and forth, and then nothing. It's like, wait, that wasn't what was going on. And then you're like, did I say something? Did I do something? No, you didn't. He's fucking with you. Because <sighs> I'm going to tell you, there's very little, sorry, I just noted. There's very little things that you can do that will like push a man away if he thinks he's going to get laid or if he thinks it's going to go somewhere, he's going to stick around. The only way he's like not going to stick around is if he tells you. He might be like, I'm good or, you know, this isn't for me. Or he'll just straight up ignore you forever. He'll never come back. There you go. There's your fucking answer. All right. So you've, you've done the dating thing and now you're going on a first date. Doesn't this sound all fun? <laughs> so much hope. So much hope in dating. And um, you go on a first date. And you're like, oh, he seems okay. This should be fun. And then you go on a first date. And I just want you to remember that these are patterns of behavior. It's not one little thing that's happened. It's like one little piece of a behavior. And you're like, oh, that's it. No, these are the patterns that continually happen. And then you start to see it gets better. Things are plateaued. You feel okay. They get wicked better and then they drop and they are shitty for a very long time. Then they get better a little bit. Then they're shitty for a long time. Like this is how it goes. Focus on this shit, okay? Listen to me. And next week I'll be in a relationship. Be like, I think he's a gaslighter. All right. So red flags on a first date with gaslighters include but are not limited to and they are not every single sign and symptom. They tell you that you are the most beautiful, wonderful, amazing person they have ever met. (laughs) Like... This is so hard for us to think that this would be vindictive because but along with other signs and symptoms that you've read or felt or red flags or like like gut instincts, then maybe that on top of it would be like, hmm, am I really like we're in our late 30s. Do you think that maybe I'm the most beautiful woman you've ever met? I doubt that you can call me beautiful, but I don't need all the extra shit. They talk about long-term commitment you, commitment with you. On day one, what is this, love is blind? <laughs> they, t- they talk about having j- children, not just in general, but with you. Date one, remind you. They talk about themselves almost as if they're not there. They tell you that they cheated in a previous relationship and they're trying to work on it, setting you up for that. Like, if I cheat, it's not my fault. I have a sex addiction or some shit. They tell you about their dysfunctional family history. They share traumas right up front. Now, they they, sh- they want to share their trauma with you straight away, first off, so that they're in a position of being like, it's not my fault, So because you know what happened to me. 
not saying what happened to you is, is, you know, what happened to the person is not true or valid, but now they're using it to manipulate someone else. They're not using it to get help, seek therapy, be a better person. They're just sitting in it and expecting you to either change your behavior because they feel bad for themselves or you help them change them, knowing that they're never going to really want you to change them. They just want to control you and have you depend on them. So they'll set up their trauma from early childhood. And then they expect you to just, whatever traumas you had since then doesn't compare to the trauma they've experienced. So as long as they get it in there first, they win that argument. They win that competition of whose trauma is worse, which is, that gets pretty fucked up, but it's true. It happens in relationships. And it's like, if my trauma is worse, then I, my behaviors are more excusable than yours. Sorry, I went off on that one. Uh, they don't want you to talk to your family. They order your food for you. They don't ask you any questions about your life. They don't use basic manners. They treat wait, wait staff rudely. They talk about moving in with you. They start holding hands or having physical contact with you right away, which to me is like, eh. I'm not loving it. They invade your personal space. That's a big no for me. I'm like, can you back the fuck up? Am I making out with you? No. Then it's, then leave me alone. They tell you that your their previous partner was a bitch or an asshole. <laughs> like... They spend too much time talking about their previous relationships. They tell you they have commitment issues, but they can see themselves committing with you. Aw, I'm special. I'm going to be the one to fix him. There's been so many people who have misunderstood him and don't understand him, but I'm going to understand him. Oh, you are, Cheryl? You, there's been so many people in his 37 years of life, and you're going to be the one that helps him? Like, give me a motherfucking break. Wake up. They, do, they don't like to leave when they're asked. They try to prevent you from leaving. They're charming, but it appears not to be genuine. They have difficulty making eye contact. They may say they have a well-paying job, but also ask you to pay for dinner as like a test. Ugh. Good Lord. And that's, that's that on the first dating. I'm going to just say on the, um, the red flags on the first date. Um... Trust your intuition. If someone gives you bad vibes, don't do it. So here's, here's a paragraph on trust your intuition. Most of us get hunches or a spidey sense that something is wrong. Very often these are right on target. Learn to trust them. And it takes years, especially when you don't trust yourself or if you have other shit in your life. It takes years to trust your own instincts. If you feel that a situation or person is unsafe to be around, excuse yourself and leave. You don't even have to excuse yourself. You can just walk the fuck out. Gaslighters tend to sense when people are onto them and they will switch modes quickly into love bombing, which I'll talk about after if I can have time to get into it, um, which is kind of self-explanatory love bombing. Mm, I'm going to give you everything, all my affection. Gaslighters are masters of pouring it on in the nick of time, getting you to switch from thinking, this person gives me bad vibes to... Wow, I really like him. So get the fuck out if you're going back and forth on that. Uh, he's making my stomach hurt. Oh, but he said something so nice. I also really like that. Da -da. That's wrong. Let's take an applause break, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Here. Here is... Oh, my... Here's one I read and I was like, holy cow, this is so true. Gaslighters don't do social media. Because cheating is so common among gaslighters, avoiding social media is a way to avoid getting caught with someone or somewhere they aren't supposed to be. If you go on a date and a person tells you he doesn't use Facebook, it could just be that he's not into Facebook. But I suggest following up with asking why. Gaslighters will usually give you a very vague answer. If they say I'm just not into it or I don't have time, make a mental note. I'm just not into social media. It's 2020. You're 34. How are you not into social media? It's 2020 and you're young and you're not into social media. There's something going on with you unless you just don't like it and it's not a dating thing. <sighs> Sorry. All right. One last thing about read. I'll read about dating because I liked this part. Did I? There's just so many good. This book is good. There's so many good examples in this book and so many good like so much good advice and education 
As Maya Angelou said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. This is, amen. All right, so here, the gaslighting, quick to insanity, quick to intensity, slow to insanity. Wouldn't it be helpful if people could wear big signs stating their pathology when we first meet them? Of course, we don't have that luxury. Also, gaslighters are very good at acting, quote, normal. They make sure they make sure you are re reeled in before welcoming you into their inner sanctum of insanity. <laughs> they make sure you are reeled in before welcoming you into their inner sanctum of insanity. That is like, I feel like I want to read that one more time. They make sure you are reeled in before welcoming you into their inner sanctum of insanity. That is so, you feel like you're in a fucking, like, a fishbowl with these people. It's fucking crazy. And then they like to go, it's you and me, babe. You and me against the world. And it's like, I really feel stuck like it's you and me. I don't have anybody else right now. Um, even mental health professionals have been lured into relationship with gaslighters. They will act so, quote, normal that even a professional can't always tell who they really are underneath. But that doesn't mean there aren't always signs to watch out for, as we have seen. The gaslighter will tend to ramp up the intensity really quickly while keeping the insanity at bay until you upset him. And then watch out. Upsetting him could be a result of your standing up for yourself, stating something that was upsetting to you, or not following some unwritten rule that you didn't know you had to follow. That is so, like, not following some unwritten rule that you didn't know you had to follow. Like, my ex would get, like, insanely crazy, rageful mad if I hugged someone at school when I was in college. Did you see so-and-so or you gave him a hug and it would be like fucking, like I committed murder. I was like, it was just crazy. Suddenly you've gone from queen to crap. The gaslighter sets things up so that you are always going to fall off the pedestal he places you on. By idealizing and then devaluing you, he keeps you off kilter. This causes you to feel a sense of instability that makes you psychologically more dependent on him, which is exactly where he wants you to be. How are you guys feeling? Are you feeling happy? Are you guys feeling like, thank God I chose to listen to this episode. This feels so amazing. Um, I feel like I'm in this relationship, like I'm in a relationship like this and like now I feel really fucked up. Well, don't feel fucked up because you're not alone. And I don't know if it's a rite of passage for women to be in an abusive fucking relationship, but it happens. It happens and you're not alone and you're not like, you're not pathetic. You shouldn't be embarrassed. Like you're you deserve to have healthy, loving relationships in your life. You deserve to feel as though you matter. You shouldn't have to always try to fix yourself or know there, these are things I need to work on and he's helping me work on them. Like, no, he's not. You should feel good. You should feel happy. You shouldn't feel like the lowest piece of shit on earth because you have flaws. We all have flaws. And then if you start to realize that maybe you're the one trying to fix all your flaws and you're the one trying to fix the relationship and he's just fucking pointing shit out. He's on the sidelines telling you how to play the fucking game and you're in there sweating. There's something wrong. There's something really motherfucking wrong with that. Um, and if you're in a relationship and you want to get out there, you can, there's many resources. You can use the domestic, the national domestic violence hotline at www.thehotline.org, or you can call 1-800-799-7233. And you could talk to people who tell you that you're not alone. Sexual assault hotline, national sexual assault hotline, www.rain.org. 1-800-656-4673, suicide prevention line, https backslash 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 suicide prevention lifeline.org, 1-800-273-8255. I will put those in the box, info box at the bottom of the podcast because I feel like it would be irresponsible if I didn't mention that because although I am no longer in a relationship like that, I'm I've dated on and off people who behave like that. I still know what it feels like, like that isolating, suffocating, heavy, no way out feeling. 
So if you're with the gaslighter and it's early on, you still can get the fuck out. Now is now is better than never. And you should buy this book, Gaslighting by Stephanie Moulton Sarkis, so you can see, am, am I alone? Because you don't even always know that you're in this situation. You just feel like this is how people behave or that maybe this is like, wow, you never had someone show you that that you were doing something wrong all this time and what a great guy, he's helping you solve these problems and then it turns into like this really fucked up situation and you start to, can't, you don't have words for it, you just have the feeling that you feel. You feel sick to your stomach or you don't want to be touched by them or you don't want to lie next to them or like you feel afraid of them and then all of a sudden they act normal and you're like, oh, maybe I was crazy. Like, no, you're not crazy. That's the, that's the it's pathological. They're doing it on purpose. They're aware of what they're doing. You're the one that's on your toes. You're the one questioning everything. They know. They know because they're doing it purposely. Do you hear what I'm saying, girl? You out there, do you hear what I'm saying? Listen to me. Now, I wanted to get into gaslighting in a relationship, what to see when you're in the relationship, but we're going really long time right now. So, you know, I might have to start the next podcast with the relationship talk because I don't want to get all like, into two hours of a podcast on this negative topic because it's, it is exhausting. So I'm going to end it on that. I'm going to end it at this hour on gaslighting. I'll put those 1-800 numbers at the bottom because honestly people do use them and you should use them and you should call someone. You should have a therapist. You can use uh, Talkspace. I sound like I'm advertising, but I use Talkspace and I used it for a whole year and a half. I haven't used it lately. I had a great fucking therapist and now people are using the talk space on their podcast and on the fucking Instagram ads. And I'm like, holy shit, I used that before even fucking people knew what it was. I found it for myself. I win. I win that competition. <laughs> so you can. If you don't want to go in and talk to a therapist, you can use that app. And it's all private. Or if you can go to your doctor and you can ask for help, you can reach out to a counselor. And the, the number one thing is that you have to acknowledge that you have to be aware of what you're in, that it's not normal, that it's not healthy. And that you're not wasting time if you end it. Like, you get this feeling like, well, I've been with them this long, and now I have to stay forever. And it's like, you don't have to stay forever. You don't have to stay another minute. You didn't waste any time. You saved yourself by getting out. If you're with them for fucking two years, five years, ten years, any time you leave is good for you to leave. Time will pass no matter what. You're not waste. You didn't waste any time in your life. You learned a lot. And it's time to take that lesson and bolt so okay thank you for listening today guys um i know it's a little heavy but i tried to lighten it up and i tried to remind you that you're a beautiful person that you deserve better blah blah so much love to all of you thank you for tuning in i don't know if it feels like i abruptly stopped but I was like going through my notes and I'm like, damn, there's still so much more. And I don't want to make this a two hour podcast. I really don't. Just remember gaslighting is a pattern of behavior. As Michael Scott would say, Pat Hearn, Pat Hearn, my behind neighbor. (laughs) If you ever watch The Office, how to remember phrases. It's a pattern of behavior continually happens. You feel as though you've been in this position before. You feel, when I worked in domestic violence shelter, it's called, they use the term crazy making. It's, an, it's a term. You can look up on the, the domestic violence website, the power wheel. It's, these are, you might be like, holy shit, I'm in this. You don't even realize it. You don't know it until it's pointed out to you because I didn't know until I was out of it. That it was abusive. I mean, I knew it wasn't good. I knew it didn't feel good. But I didn't know there was terms for it. There was names for it. That I wasn't alone. That there were other people that felt that way. That there were other people in these same situations. So, okay. It is 1.20. I appreciate you guys so much for listening and staying with me. Even though I've been, like, slacking on the podcast. I just don't want to give so much at once. I feel like maybe I'm like, maybe I should just commit to once a month. Because if I'm committing myself to twice a month it's like a lot and then usually people take a break and they do like a season's end and I'm on episode 22 like Jen what is it exactly are you doing so all right guys gaslighting look out for it be aware of it 
stay on your toes. Be okay with just cutting someone off right from the get-go if they give you a sign that you don't and it doesn't feel right to you. You're not an asshole. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you taking care of your fucking self. And you come first. If you ain't taking care of you, then nothing else in your life is good. You matter more than the relationship. You matter more. Your mental health is important. All right. That's the end of it. Don't get offended, guys. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. So much love. Goodbye.